Welcome to the latest edition of the Carmichael Governance Podcast. I'm Dermot O'Carbui, CEO of Carmichael. Carmichael is a charity that provides supports to other Irish charities, particularly in the area of governance. You can find details of what we do and a wide range of free resources on our website at carmichaelireland.ie. You can also find previous editions of our governance podcast on our website or on your favourite podcast platform, be that SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Acast. Today I'm speaking to Mark Wilson, a governance advisor at Board Effect, which is a diligent company, about the boardroom of the future. Mark, could you introduce yourself and a bit about Board Effect, your own background, but then we'll dive into the whole area of where you see the boardrooms of non-profits currently. Thank you, Dermot. Yeah, I'm delighted to be part of your podcast. So for myself, I've been in the technology space for many years, and certainly within a governance perspective for around six years. And what it has done over the last six years or so is provide me with an opportunity just to meet governance professionals like yourself and governance managers, CEOs, etc., from around the UK, and just learn how they manage the kind of changing landscape around modern governance. Um, and certainly from a board effect perspective, as you mentioned, that is part of the diligent corporation. We are primarily focused with working with non-profits, so whether it be a CEO, a board member, and really just trying to help them uh, manage the evolving landscape of of governance, whether it be regulatory changes or demands from stakeholders uh, around things like cyber security, ESG, etc. You mentioned also about the the boardroom and how it is just now. I mean, certainly from speaking to other non-profits, what I've found is, first of all, Anybody I speak to within a non-profit space, they have a great passion. You know, as voluntary basis for the board members in the first instance, and they always have a great passion for the non-profit that they're involved in. Um, and of course, what I have found certainly is over the last two to three years, the scrutiny for a non-profit is, is immense. You know, whether it be from 2020, and I know we've touched on that about the pandemic. That has really brought a great focus for non-profits about the economic challenges for their organisation, whether it be the change in landscape of their internal staff and how they manage that, but also the kind of geopolitical landscape about you know the, the war in Ukraine and how that's potentially impacted them. So I suppose from um, really there's been a massive switch from historical board meetings and of course how they are actually managed just now. You touched there a bit on COVID pandemic and I think that brought around one of some of the biggest changes in my lifetime in, in a concentrated time in how we go about work and how we think about work and where work gets done and we, we're now sort of moving into the sort of the hybrid where we were all compelled to work from home now we, we're, we're evolving into this hybrid model uh, and that's change has happened somewhat as well with um, board and around the and, and the boardroom has changed in, in terms of where the meetings do you see that kind of accelerated change happening into the future for the boardroom? Or are we on a sort of a, a rapid journey of f- fundamental change for how boards operate? I think it's, it's quite an interesting question because, you know, I was thinking about this quite recently. When you reflect back to early 2020, when all businesses, irrespective of non-profit, commercial organisations, they all had to pivot in one way or another from face-to-face, office-based staff and board meetings to 100% remote. Some organisations have spoken to, they gracefully moved to remote working. They either had the capacity internally or they're on a kind of digital journey already. And it was, it was quite a, a, an easy move from them, either for the internal staff or for board members. 
For other ones, I found, um, I'm not sure your experience is, a lot of them found it quite painful. Either they didn't have the internal infrastructure to make that move, or, you know, they, they just the staff weren't equipped to, to make it. So I think it was quite a mixed bag of experiences on that kind of spring period when COVID hit Europe. Um, certainly speaking to organisations this year, what I've found is that they're actually taking this as an opportunity to reflect on how they manage their governance processes, um, review what type of board member maybe they need to move forward for this decade and onwards, and also what lessons they've learned. You know, where have they made some significant advantage because of COVID? It's not all been negative, but also maybe on occasions where they have made some uh, some lessons to be learned and maybe they'll pivot back to office space. It's been quite an interesting I would say 2022, when people have had that opportunity to kind of take a breath and, and, and look at it. And, and it has been quite a rapid change and, and, and a change of mindsets about what's possible or what's necessary and how, how things can be done. We grappled initially and we were finding our way. How do you think technology would have helped those boards that have succeeded better in that transition, that rapid transition we all had to go through? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting again. I, I mean, I spoke to CFOs who... Uh, you know, they were quite comfortable sending out paper documents, you know, 100, 200 page uh, documents in advance of board meetings. They were getting printed by the office executive assistant and getting that dispatched out. And when that pandemic happened, that just stopped. I mean, the executive assistant was working from home. They don't have printers for to print out 200 pages, time 15, 20 uh, copies, etc. So I think there has been that opportunity for technology to really... Uh, to be an enabler is probably the key word, I think, from speaking to clients, to enable them to actually gain more insight into the organisation from a board member's perspective. Because when you think back of it, the vast majority of clients I would speak to anyway, they're getting, again, between one 200-page documents. And the feedback from board members really is they're probably looking for a little bit less information, uh, kind of summary information to, to reflect on. And can they really get that in a paper-based historical Information to look at some of the the criteria that's on those uh, agenda items, whether it be your historical ones about finance updates or the emerging kind of pillars within governance, whether it be environmental, social governance, cyber security, diversity, equality, etc. So there's all these new areas that a board has to be accountable for, and really, as a board member, they're they're responsible. You know, they're taking on that role on a voluntary basis. Their reputation is ultimately at risk. And I think there's a great onus on the organisation to make sure they're given the the board member that opportunity to review and reflect on information to make sure when they go into board meetings and they have business heads of business come in and give an updates that they can give thoughtful and insightful questions to them to make sure they are... I mean, one way I was looking at it is a board in many ways is two parts, isn't it? One is a lighthouse keeper, you know, making sure that they can, you know, hopefully try to navigate management through kind of stormy times, you know, whether it be now or, you know, in the future, but also importantly be um, the person who upholds the great values of that non-profit, whether it be a charity or, or etc. And I think to do that, technology can be that enabler to make sure they've got that depth of information to drill down and ask the questions to make sure they can be robust when they're speaking and helping management. Just thinking back in our own experience in going, dealing with COVID and and online board meetings, I think we were very lucky um, that we had invested just just before COVID hit um, 
on a board portal, uh, and that was transformative in terms of that made that change uh, that you described, where you, the hard copies and the, the, the that had to be put together and and assembled for for each board member. Where now it was an access. Would talk to me about the the, the, the the how board portals have played a, a starring role in, in recent times in, in helping boards make that transition. Yeah, I think there's. I think the probably key thing is is data. Is, is first of all, I mean, I think from I've been to a number of clients, and one key thing always comes out in their messaging is they want to make sure there's information available to boards, whether it be you know the present copies of information for the upcoming meeting, whether it's archived information, etc., or doing things like board evaluations. And I think that's where the technology can really be. Uh, helpful to both the internal governance team but also the boardroom itself. Um, so from my experience speaking, managing with board portals and speaking to executives is it gives them that opportunity to drive efficiencies both internally. They can provide that information to the board members in a timely manner. Because I'm not sure about you, but my experience is when you speak to a governance manager, nine out of ten times, one of their great pains is they have to make changes to a paper. Um, and then they have to redo a two or three hundred page document and then send it out. And I think it's difficult for a board member to a receive one version and then get another version two or three days later, uh, and then have the time to actually review that information properly before it goes in. And also, I think from a technology perspective, what we're finding is, um, I know over the last eighteen months, there's been a lot of talk about challenges of getting talent within an organisation internal staff but I also think that's important for a board a modern non-profit board is really in competition with other non-profits to actually make sure they can be attractive to the next generation of board members and the next generation of board members will not expect to have paper based documents being sent through the post for them to come in and find it they want to be able to receive that information the way they would receive their news on an app or through uh, technology based applications um, so that's one of the key ones but also I think importantly from an ethical standpoint from a non-profit if a non-profit is driving towards to be um, a diversity champion equality within their workforce they also have to make sure they've got that accessibility for potential board members irrespective of any challenges they might have to read and interpret information so I think from that perspective Speaking to organisations, technology can be a great enabler in board portals in general. And what sort of new technologies or emerging technologies do you see out there that potentially will add more to the dynamic of what happens in the boardroom? Have you seen sort of things that are, that are just happening now that, you know, board portals have been around for a while, but suddenly yeah. the, 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 their moment came, particularly in the non-profit sector, for another thing that this is something that seriously you, you need to consider. Are there other things that you're seeing coming down the tracks? I mean, it's interesting. I think from from I speak to non-profits, from organisations with you know limited income, right through what you could potentially class as tier one charities or non-profits, whether it's you know arm's length government-based organisations who give government funding to a charity who has specific interest based on you know maybe um, particular personal circumstances, and I think they're all on their own particular digital journey, whether it be making that initial transition from paper to maybe email communication just to make it a bit lighter on the environment and a bit better for maybe the GDPR processes to other organisations who have embraced board portals to the point that not only did they start with 
you know, let's automate the processes, let's get papers out and a board portal to make it easily accessible for board members and committee members to view on an iPad or on an Android device. But also what they're now doing is all these other um, core aspects of governance, uh, you know, archive papers, making sure they're easily accessible for board members to drive efficiencies for internal staff instead of them having to send out information. So there's people in that aspect. Other ones I speak to now are saying, right, actually, what we want to do is harness the full capacity of a board portal to make sure things around board diversity, we can we can accurately record that within our, our solutions, within our, our own internal network. We want to do things around equality. Uh, you know, do we have a, you know, for example, do we have an environmental social governance policy? And can, how can we evaluate that? So, for example... On that aspect, um, kind of talking about new, new new technology, because Board Effects part of Diligent, we have the Diligent Institute, and we did some research with the Institute of Directors within Ireland. And it's quite interesting, out of that, you know, evaluations was one of the key drivers about how do you evaluate, I mean, how do you evaluate board members' awareness of ESG? And that came through some of the statistics on that was about roughly about 47%. So technology and how it's going going forward is going to be, from our experience, is going to have the kind of key pillars around governance, you know, the key aspects of getting papers out, making sure board members can review, reflect on that in a timely manner. But also other aspects about how do you, as a, as a non-profit, have an awareness of things around boards, ESG, because you think it from a non-profit space, you're probably mostly acutely aware of Brand reputation is one of the key drivers, isn't it, for a charity? Whether it is, you know, get an independent, an individual stakeholder who wants to donate money, and they are now asking questions about, you know, where is your third-party suppliers to to deliver X within your charity framework, um, or is it a government body who provides funding to a non-profit? And again, they're going to be looking at things about a, a non-profit charity's diversity, equality, inclusion policies. So what we are finding is that. Organisations are now embracing technology to make sure all of that's within a board portal. And then, of course, as we move forward, there's early discussions about how artificial intelligence can also maybe take that to the next level. That could be another game changer in terms of accessing information or putting questions that board might have and, and interrogating your, your data that you have. It will make, maybe make the life of the company secretary a lot easier or maybe more difficult depending on what comes out at, at the other end. Um, thinking and I'm, I'm thinking of the types of boards that we would have and some of the boards might find this a bit scary the whole area of technology they're used to the paper based systems some have had some struggles with the online meeting format and getting it online what sort of things would you say to those boards that were a little bit worried or a little bit concerned that we, we about taking this jump to a more technology enabled board room meeting yeah I mean I think it's quite an interesting it's a question that's asked on a regular basis either by company secretaries, executive assistants who know their board inside out and, and look at maybe the demographics of their board and maybe they make pre, prejudged ideas about the capacity, technology capacity of that board to embrace it. What I would say is technology is already part of every charity or every non-profit, whether it be a charity who has a shop and has to have you know card machines, so technology is in there, whether it's a, a charity or non-profit who has staff using Outlook or whatever, the technology is already within their infrastructure. Um, and in many ways, the board is probably the last 
part where technology is not impacted. Um, so what I would probably say to them is there's some key drivers. One is efficiencies for the boards. It's in their benefit because they have to have that level of information, probably greater amount of information to make decisions than ever before. When we touch on the things we've mentioned about ESG, cyber risk, etc., they have to have an awareness of that. And when you look back at maybe some of the the potential failures within a board, whether it be non-profit or commercial, one of the key red flags is they've probably not had the information or accessibility to that information. And technology can be that opportunity for them to make sure, yet we can drill down that information, whether it be from a board port's perspective, they can go into a library area and, and drill down and get additional information on the cyber risk or third-party ESG um, suppliers and you know who they're involved in, which they couldn't get or they probably will not have access to on an, a historical paper-based exercise or maybe they've had a bad experience of technology and that's one of the key things we find is maybe it's been a poor implementation just like in a normal work environment we've all gone through experiences of being an employee and a new piece of technology comes in and if it's not implemented well you won't get the buy-in of the staff and it's the exact same with board members so when we're speaking to um, boards and that's how we deal with DND we've got roughly about over two and a half thousand boards 300,000 users managing their uh, with board effect. And one of the key things is we have, we have a dedicated implementation team because we're acutely aware that you have to get the buy-in of both your internal team and board members to make it a success. And once they see it, they can then start to say, right, actually, I can get some value from this. We see sometimes, and generally, is that boards can be very frugal about spending money on themselves in terms of training and, and development. And I think... You're, it's a big ask, first of all, to bring in technology, but not then to sort of invest in the planning for that, but also the training and upskilling of the board members so that they can make best use of it. So um, I think it's an important part of it that boards do need to look at technologies here to stay. We, we, we now know that the hybrid board meeting are where you will have a high number of your board meetings will be online. So technology to support that in all aspects, from the board papers right through to the capturing of the, 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 the board minutes and circulating that information is, is, is now part and parcel of nearly every board now. So I think looking at how you make greater use of that technology that you may have invested in or thinking of investing is very, very important. One of the things we would hear sometimes when you talk about you know concerns, that, and I'm sure you've heard it plenty of time, is... Or we were very worried about um, cyber security or being hacked because we've got confidential information and we're, we were a bit worried about, you know, the threats that this could have for us if we went totally online and that somebody, some, some nasty people could get access to, to this information. How do, how do you address that concern? It's an interesting one. I mean, cyber risk is always there. <clears throat> and it's, I think it's up to each individual organisation to measure and understand what the risk is against investment. So for all organisations, most charities or non-profits will not want to invest the same amount of technology spend on cyber security as a government agency for obvious reasons. But when you look back at brand reputation, one of the key things when you go through all of these different um, surveys is anybody who, the, the detrimental effects of a brand reputation, whether it be a charity or non-profit, is, 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 is cyber risk. People are worried about that, so it's important that a board has an awareness of cyber security, and that also can play into why they'd want a board portal. 
it's, it's more secure to have a board portal than probably historically what we were doing just now. I know I was speaking to a CFO a few years ago and I spoke to him one morning and he said, Mark, I really need to get the board portal put in place. And I said, all right, what's, what's happened? And he says, I sent out the board papers as normal and one got lost in the post. Now, that is a real risk. And in that example, he had to actually contact the information commissioner because there's confidential information in that. So in many ways... For an organisation, they either have to do a risk assessment, how much they want to invest, and that will help them align what kind of solution they're looking for. But cyber risk is there, irrespective of the user board portal or not, and the risk associated with data. Um, and if they do it right, and they look at a trusted uh, vendor, there's absolutely no reason they can reduce their cyber risk, and allows the board to actually embrace and get more knowledge about it. And again, it's about them being... Uh, having that information available to them so they can ask thoughtful questions, whether it be um, a third-party IT professional who manages their internal team because they're the size of the charity or their own head of IT. And they'll give them guidance on that and make sure it's fit for purpose for that individual charity. We take a situation now where, where some boards know that they, they do need to up their game in terms of um, use of technology to be more efficient, be more effective, or you know, maybe asking the company secretary mm-hmm. to help them or, or the CEO. What's the advice, would you say, if somebody that's thinking that this is, some, this is something we do need to think about seriously and do, do you know, have a plan for how we're going to use technology? How would they go about that? What would your, the, the, your, your suggestions about taking that on as a project for a board or for a company secretary or CEO that may be tasked with that? Certainly, I would say if it was a company secretary or executive assistant who's been given that in their entry to, to look at, or even a CEO, the first point I would do is ask them to ask their board. Because many, many times when I speak to a CEO or a CFO, the reason they're starting to look at it is either there's been a data leak or there's been, you know, something's happened internally and that's why they want to push to go for a board portal. But in many occasions, I would say at least half the time, it is board members who are pushing for it. The new generation of board members are not willing to accept papers coming through the posts when they come home from, you know, a, a long day. They want to be able to access it on their app or on uh, the type of device of their choice. So my advice would be, uh, speak to your board, get a feel for how they maybe work in other boards, because... You'll know more than me, Dermot, about how many times a board member probably works in more than one uh, board. So they'll have experience of it. Um, secondly, speak to organisations like Carmichael, just to get their experience. And also maybe go to do some research online, listen to podcasts. Um, you know, we've got the Diligent Institute within Board Effect, uh, and you can learn more information about to get an understanding of the kind of capabilities you want for your individual organisation. And of course, there is vendors like Board Effect who will guide you and talk you through and make sure it is fit for purpose for you. But certainly, I would look to speak to people internally, board members, staff, uh, and trusted advisors like yourself, Dermot, and get some guidance. Yeah, no, I would say it is, for charities, it is one of the requirements under the Governance Code that the board regularly assesses its own performance and how effective it is in meeting its responsibility. So I would say to board, this is something you should be doing on a regular basis anyway, whether it is reviewing the board pack, the board papers that come to you, how to come to in the format to come to you, and then how we can be better at doing our jobs of making decisions and decisions need good information, and how do we access that information in what format? So I think it has become more and more part of that agendas of, for, for boards and boards in the future. And, and we've seen, as we started out with, we can absorb a lot of rapid change very, very quickly when there is a, a stimulus, whether it's desired or not, to make those changes. So I think, I think 
board should be confident, more upbeat in terms of yes, we we can embrace significant change. And I think we've, as you said, we've learned a lot over the last two years about what's possible and what we can do when when needs must. And I think the same applies to technology um, and using technology more effectively and more efficiently. And as you say, customise it to the needs of your organisation. So you don't need a roll of rice solution. There are a range of options available for, for boards of different sizes. So I think it's first of all, you say, think about how can we be better at what we're doing in terms of the process, systems, supports, and um, take it from there. So it's been an excellent conversation. I really enjoyed it. And so thank you, Mark, for being our podcast guest today. Thank you, Dermot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our latest Carmichael Governance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, it would be of great benefit to us if you could give it a rating, as that helps to create greater awareness of these podcasts. So until the next time, Slán Gofól. Go